Stay a while and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, once you notice the truth, you never can forget it. It's possible to convert from a lie to the truth. But I never heard of anybody once having found the truth going back to a lie. Welcome to the Poolcast. It's me, Case. I hope everyone's having a great day. So far, I have with me Ghost. Say hi. Hey, guys. Say hi, Billy. Billy's here, too. Hey, coming at you live from a nondescript location out on Debauchery Bluff. What's up? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, boys? How's everything? Well, you know me, Niggler. I'm finding dolphin hair. Uh, Sitting out here in the woods, I can't fucking see nothing. Is it spooky? Dude, spooky as shit, man. You seeing eyes in the fog? Dude, every time a blade of grass moves, I think it's some nigger. <laughs> Dude, I've I've been listening to like I, I like to listen to like scary stories if I can't sleep because it'll it'll help lull me to sleep. And like half of the scary stories I listen to on YouTube are like something something in the woods, but like uh and and my, my girl says I'm fucked up for this, but if I see something like spooky like that or you know, kinda like Blair Witch kind of stuff, uh I just think it's cool, and I'm like, God damn, I wish that would happen in real life, you know? Like, so <laughs> be out in the woods and, like, get trapped with some spooky fucking thing chasing you. That just sounds like, you know, fun and adrenaline pumping to me. <laughs> yeah. But we'll be we'll be watching, like, a, like, we were watching this, like, analog horror series the other night. Um, and it, it was, like, this news broadcast... But yeah, no, I I love the spooky tales. Like I was uh, listening to creepy pastas a little bit back when I found those, and then I found a site uh, on YouTube, Chill- Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Yeah, yeah, I like that uh, channel. It's very good. Lots of good stuff, good content, and then uh, I I love like Lovecraft audiobooks, some of the older stuff, mm-hmm. like w- Wayne June narrating and stuff like that it's very good very good we've we've been watching a lot of so yeah what i was saying before i read that message um so we've been watching a lot of like analog horror stuff do you know what that is no it's like it's like a you know what like an arg is it's like an alternate reality game it's kind of like what blair witch was originally like everyone thought it was real right and it's there's like a lot of these youtube series that come out and they're like spooky videos but they seem normal, like uh, kind of on the surface, but people start noticing weird things about them. And it turns into like this big internet mystery uh, kind of thing. Um, but they're analog horrors, like stuff that, uh, you know, kind of found footage from the 90s sort of thing. Like, you know, you find a nondescript tape, plop it in a, a VHS and, you know, you see something spooky. So this one was like, uh, it's a channel called, I think, Surreal Broadcast. And it's a, uh, it was this anal. No, it wasn't surreal. It was something else. But uh, it's like this. It's made to look like an old '90s uh, weather report, like one of those old Weather Channel things. And it'll just, you know, have the temperatures come up, have traffic updates, uh, and it's like eight minutes long. But it progressively keeps getting weirder and weirder. And then, like, it's normal for about a couple minutes. And then you see at the top, the temperature starts plummeting dramatically <laughs> from, like, 70 degrees. And it's got, you know, like, this relaxing news channel or uh, weather channel music in the background. And uh, the the temperature starts plummeting dramatically. And you're like, okay, that's I see that. That's fucking weird. And then uh, all, it's, like, all the traffic updates are, like, there are car pileups. And then 
uh, it starts talking about weather anomalies, and then it cuts to like a helicopter shot. And when it had just showed it like a normal uh, spring day, now everything's covered in like a huge blanket of snow. And, um, you know, like these uh, very 90s special effect words come on the screen that say like uh, the mother is calling you or like some spooky shit like that. But um, yeah, it's just like weird shit that like seems normal at first. Then it just turns really weird. And it's almost like, uh, you know, something happened in like a tiny town and they just now find out about it kind of stuff. But I'm just kind of rambling, but it's a no, lot of it fun. Looks, it looks it's, creepy as shit. I've, I've looked it up on YouTube. It looks yeah, really it's, scary. it's spooky. It's great, though. And I, like when we watch that and I'll just be like, wouldn't it be sick if that happened in real life? And, and she gets all angry at me because that <laughs> stuff really freaks her out. Like she she was up like because we watched that stuff last night and I wake up at like 5 a.m. and she's still awake. And I was like, what are you fucking doing? And she's like. I just kept watching more scary stuff like that, and I couldn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. Well, what else do we have to talk about today? I don't know. Uh, we were uh, we had some articles, but they're all kind of boring. We were talking a bit about like self improvement and uh, stuff like that today, which I thought was a good topic that we were maybe going to talk to Wilhelm about. Maybe next week we will. Uh, you know, kind of his backstory, but. But yeah, we were just talking about today about how um, there's an incredible thing. Uh, a lot of our guys have been talking about it this week uh, about how people get involved or they get exposed, even just exposed to this, you know, our sort of politics. And it creates a uh, self-improvement mindset. And then when you get a bit more involved, maybe get vetted, maybe start hanging out with guys. It's even more of like a community of that. And uh, so we've seen a lot of people uh, battling substance abuse become uh, – you know, family men, stuff like that. And um, it's just a great environment. Uh, I've been having some guys recently, um, you know, that, that have struggled with it, that are making some awesome steps and uh, the support's there for them. And they know, you know, that we're going to be there, uh, you know, uh, regardless to uh, encourage them to not only uh, do what they have to do to, to stay sober, but then also to live a healthier lifestyle overall, get better rest, get better exercise, eat better, all that sort of stuff. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a general sense of uh, supporting each other that's been really positive and, and awesome to uh, to see going on. Well, yeah, I mean, I, that's part of what – that's the thing about – and I think we mentioned this in a previous episode, but that's uh, – for all the, the new people listening on Americana, by the way, um, thank oh, you, Gordon. Yeah. We just love you. Love you, Gordon. Uh, <laughs> thank, thanks for putting us on, man. Say it again, Billy. We stepped up from the beer leagues. Now we're in the no, Stepped up from <laughs> fucking Spotify. But, yes, uh, anyway, for uh, for people who who haven't listened to the older episodes, since this is probably the first one we'll post on there, um, you know, fa- we talked about fascism being about uh, being better. It's the whole the whole cycle of uh, you know, um, strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Hard times make strong men. And these are most definitely the hard times, at least for white guys. Um, and I think these hard times are, are strengthening the weak men of yesterday. Uh, at least, you know, the ones who are getting involved uh, in real life with groups like, uh, you know, Patriot Front, um, TRS groups, whatever it may be. And because, uh, you know, there's a lot of young white guys out there looking for purpose and uh 
any normal, you know, white guy who who has half a brain is going to see that that purpose isn't in cutting your dick off and, uh, you know, uh, jacking off to like anime tits. Uh, you know, sorry for all of you weebs out there, but, um, you know, and and they're they're looking for that purpose and they're finding it amongst guys with this ideology, this shared ideology, and most of, if not all of our guys are constantly trying to better each other, um, help each other with whatever bullshit they're dealing with. Um, and li- like you said, I think you said they talked about it on, on FTN the other night. Uh, but you know, alcohol is a, a real problem in general. Cause, uh, you know, a lot of people want to like numb themselves to the bullshit that this world's producing. And, uh, once, you know, once they've started drinking, it's very hard to stop when you're when you're numbing yourself all the time like that. But getting in groups like this uh, and, and Patriot Front, there's a real solution presented, and that's the uh, you know a supportive community of guys who are willing to stake their neck out for you to uh, to help you conquer that shit. Because it's not like you know none of us understand that. Plenty of us have had our struggles with you know booze or drugs or whatever it may be, but. Yeah. Uh, there's a desire to see each other do better. Uh, and it's, you know what, it reminds me of that fucking article from 2017. Um, I forgot what it was. It was like, uh, the alt-right is luring young men by making them feel like they care. And do you remember that, Billy? Yeah, I remember that one exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, God fucking forbid, you know. Yeah. God forbid, you know, you take in some disaffected young men, give them purpose, uh, who are looking for purpose and help them better their fucking lives. <laughs> yeah, we're the we we're talking about how we're the big bad guys out there, but at the end of the day, all I've seen is positivity and people uh, there for each other, trying to encourage each other to do better. And, uh, you know, if guys have problems, they've got things they want to talk about, like they've got friends that will help hold them accountable. I mean, I'm, I know personally, like being isolated, uh, you know, being aware of things that are going on and, and not having a lot of friends that aren't normies or whatnot, like it can it can make you feel like you're very alone uh, and the world's a tough place. And so people are unhappy and they're not feeling good. So they want to feel better. So, you know, drugs and alcohol are an easy escape. Uh, You know, there are other things you can use for escapes, but those are big ones. And uh, you know, but once you get that sense of purpose, like you were talking about, and you have people holding you accountable, uh, encouraging, encouraging you, but not judging you, you know, um, it's a very positive, like, you know, it's a sense of like a real sense of brother brotherhood and love that, uh, gives people that inspiration to better themselves that we've seen do some awesome things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I feel like, I feel like people who know me get so sick of me talking about, about like quitting booze and shit. But the, the thing about it is, and, and we were talking about this earlier is, um, I, I try to be as open as possible with, uh, you know, uh, what I dealt with, with, with alcohol and shit, because it not only does it like help to talk about it and, you know, to laugh at my mistakes and stuff, uh, but because with the network that's been built around this thing and the, the people who are close to me, um, I know that, you know, if I, you know, showed signs of, you know, starting to fuck up or, or relapse or if I drank again, you know, like you guys and everybody else who knows me would hold me accountable to that and be like, dude, what are you fucking doing? They wouldn't just let me, uh, you know, fall by the wayside and start drinking again. Like any other normie friends, like 
years ago that I would have hung out with probably would have, you know, if I was going to start drinking again, probably would have had that first beer with me. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's, it's kind of a disturbing uh, thing to see because there's not a lot of people out there who, uh, you know, are very, not, not that they don't understand that, but it's like, they just don't care. There's so much apathy out there and uh, so much lack of concern for like your fellow, uh, you know, white men or, or whatever, your fellow person, uh, you know, your fellow person of, of the same race. Um, you know, like I know plenty, plenty of dudes out there, uh, that I've spoken to who have tried to get clean and stuff. Most of them end up fucking relapsing because they're around friends who know they have a fucking problem. And it, those friends are like, oh, come on, man. Like a uh, fucking, you know, having a couple drinks won't hurt or, uh, you know, smoking, smoking one joint. Is not going to hurt you? It's, it's just fucking weed, bro. Yeah, and that's that's a big part we've talked about. A nice thing about being part part of uh, you know your local community is that you have better influences around. You have your social circle of guys that you know you can really relate to, and uh, you you know you're not hanging out with people that are negative influences that just want to get trashed on the weekend or whatever that don't really care uh, about bettering themselves, much less bettering you. You know, and that's that's what I think is really cool about you being open about you know. Uh, struggles with alcohol and stuff is it, it, you know you lead by example you show that you were able to do something about that and then people know you're there and if they feel like they're having a struggle they know they can talk to you about it and uh, a big part of it i think is when people are struggling with that stuff they feel isolated they feel like you know embarrassed about it they don't want to talk to anybody and just having that community having people that you talk to openly like you know good friends then you feel like you can share that part of your life if it's, you know, something you're, you've got going on that's difficult. And then you can, you know, once you get it out there, it's not so big once you kind of share it with somebody, you know. And so that's, yeah, really, I think that's really cool that you've, uh, you know, been that, that guy for our group. And uh, it's definitely been an inspiration for me. And I know for some other guys, definitely. So. Well, I'm not just that guy. There's other ones out there. I mean, part part it's of true. like part of the reason I talk about that stuff so much is because not not just it's not, you know, some selfless holy act that i do it helps me like it helps me to like remind myself that you know i have that issue yeah. and uh you know if i keep it you know not on my brain at all fucking times it doesn't consume my fucking life but um to have that little reminder that like you know i, I could this is the point where i was before i i quit and uh i could just as easily like tomorrow fall right back into that place and it just helps me fucking it just helps to talk about it. It's it's like that with any problem, not even just like addiction or, or booze or whatever, but uh, like anything you struggle with, whether you're, you know, just having a shit deal in life or whatever, you know, if you've just gotten fucking divorced or, or whatever the fuck it may be, it helps to just have people in general who are going through the same shit as you do who understand. Uh, because, you know, not, not everyone understands, uh, you know, drinking like, like, a lot of us have done like not everyone understands having to like wake up in the morning and have the shake shit like that so it's just it helps yeah. everyone involved to talk about that kind of shit um just like again like with with any other problem um and and that's part of part of having such a huge network and stuff is is you're always going to have somebody who can relate to the specific problem you're having there's like you know as many as many guys as we're in contact with and that we're close to and that we network with 
there's always somebody that can talk to you about whatever you're dealing with and like, you know, offer some advice. There's older guys, uh, even younger guys who have been through the ringer with, with, you know, pretty much any issue you can imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned, uh, we were talking about fascination from Sunday. Warren was talking about, you know, even growing up in the movement, he was, everybody's affected to some degree by the degeneracy of, you know, popular culture. And, uh, you know, so we've all been there. I think just about everybody that, I know has had some sort of struggle, whether it's drugs and alcohol or, you know, something else, or just being in general health, like, you know, not being overweight and getting enough sleep and, you know, eating right, all these sorts of things. And, you know, we've talked about how, um, you know, it's good to curb, you know, vices. It's good to like, you know, cut back on drinking, if not stop drinking altogether. But um, overall you have to, uh, you know, a big part of, uh, national socialism or fascism is is your general health, but also the health of the community. But you're supposed to, you know, be eating right, sleeping right, uh, you know, not abusing substances and uh, trying to get some exercise, trying to work out, trying to get in good shape. You know, um, we uh, we've seen some guys like Ram, for instance, that that have groups that get together and work out and encourage each other to get mm-hmm. off of, of, you know, drugs and alcohol, you know, uh, nicotine, pornography, whatever. And just an overall sense of community community health that, you know, everybody's working towards that goal and in, encouraging each other to do mm-hmm. it. We, and we talked about, and I've talked to, uh, you know, Cato a bit about working out. He's in and out of town. Uh, I need to find a gym that is convenient for everybody to meet at, but I'd love to get, and we're going to be working on trying to get something together for guys to be able to work out at least one night a week together, you know, locally. And uh, it's just very important. I think when, when you're doing that, when you're, uh, getting in better shape, you're trimming the fat, you're, uh, you're feeling better, you're looking better. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're less despair, you're less despondent, you're less unhappy. And that's Mm -hmm. a big part. I think of guys that struggle with stuff is that they're unhappy. So they're trying to make themselves feel better, but if you make yourself feel better by being in better health, then you don't need that as much. And it, Mm -hmm. you know, really assists guys to, uh, just be generally in better health when they, uh, are regularly, uh, exercising and eating well and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of the reason that uh, most of us don't tolerate like black pill shit uh, because like yeah we live in in garbage fucking times like like I said we live in the hard times of that that hard times good men weak men cycle. Um, but you know it's it's not our it's not our duty to sit around and bitch. Um, it's not our duty to sit around and complain about whatever we're dealing with like. Uh, if if you are struggling with something that bad that you have to sit around and, you know, just gripe about it all the time. I mean, be specific and reach out for some fucking help, you know, like reach out and, and ex- explain what your problem is, what the issue you're having is. And, you know, somebody will talk to you about it, uh, so, you know, sitting around and, and like posting that it's all it's all over you know is uh is not gonna help anybody um and i think they they talk about that shit on les all the time or they have before at least just like you know people who sit around in black pill or people who do the whole like i hate women bit which is just so worn out and tired at this point um yeah but uh there's you know if if you have an actual desire in your heart and uh you know that passion for your people um and it you know is true with you then you know if you're if you're out there and you have some you know 
shit you're dealing with, then, you know, reach out to people who could possibly understand, or at least if they don't understand, reach out to someone who cares because there are people who care out there. Uh, and that's part of why we, we make these networks like, I like that fucking article, you know, uh, <laughs> they, they just try and make it seem like, you know, it, it's such a subversive thing because they know that, that people like us are doing good work out here. Like the people like TRSPF, all those guys are doing good work out here, improving people's lives and they turn it into something bad. They turn it into, you know, oh, they're just, just roping you in, making it feel like, like they care. They, uh, you know, they just, they really want to pretend to be your friend, uh, for this end goal. But like, what's the end goal? Like to make, to make you a better person, you know, like, it's not like we're all going to rise up for a race war and, uh, you know, pull a January 6th or some gay shit like that. But like, what, what do they think our end goal is? I'm sure they think it's like a nuclear holocaust uh, on Israel <laughs> and every non-white imaginable, which is, uh, you know, retarded. But, um, you know, yeah. it, it's it's just another it's just another case of of them turning the good work we do into into something terrible. No, it's gas the kikes, race war now. That's, that's uh, yeah, no, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I think the end goal is, you know, like for real. <laughs> but, you know, and going back to what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, self-improvement or whatever else, like uh, I always looked at Teddy Roosevelt and how much he um, advocated for the strenuous life, you know. It's part of the reason why I spend so much time out in the woods is because it's not comfortable, you know. I have my little creature comforts that I bring with me or whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm still, you know, living like a fucking savage. Uh, but it, it builds character and it, it makes me, you know, more grateful for the things I do have when I go back to civilization, you know? Yeah. And that's, yeah. Uh, you know, the same thing with working out or anything else, you know, it's a strenuous life. Like we're living in shitty times. Is a strenuous life. You got to take that stress, shoulder it, find a way, find an outlet to, you know, be able to get all your shit out and then keep moving forward and keep progressing towards that day when uh, we can all live by, you know, the 14 words. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of guys who are drawn towards this, uh, you know, struggle or this movement or whatever uh, are guys who have been through hard times because like i know most of the guys i've talked to have been through some you know life-changing terrible shit that they've gotten out on and you know they're still kicking um our thing doesn't attract a lot of weak people which uh is you know good a lot of most of the guys that you know get involved in this thing seriously are are strong-minded people who have dealt with you know whatever it may be i mean for for me it was just like you know years of fucking uh addiction and stuff and and that you know that shit was was tough as fuck i think it made me a much better person like as as horrible as it was and shit and like as horrible as like you know at at one point not having anywhere to go and shit not having anybody to you know help me like doing that stuff by myself and and helping myself become who i am today is, is something that completely strengthened me and like you know i want to say like yeah if i could go back i would never fucking touch drugs or alcohol but uh you know it wouldn't it wouldn't make me who i am today and i'm really happy with where i'm at Uh, i think a lot of people who uh 
go through those struggles are like, yeah, it sucked, but you know, it, it made me tougher in the long run. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I know personally, that's my story is that I'm here through a lot of very painful struggles over the years. And, you know, the struggle makes you stronger. Uh, you should embrace the struggle. Life is a struggle, you know? Um, but I think that, you know, a lot of us were in a lot worse places than what, you know, what we are now. And we can be thankful for that, but getting here was tough work. But, um, you know, these days people always say, you know, well, what can I actually do? Or they feel like nothing's going to change and things are just so shitty and, you know, they, they get all black pilled and they just don't want to do anything because it's easier to just do nothing and just say, Oh, mm -hmm. it's all, it's all shit, you know? Uh, but, but the question is what can you actually do? I, I had an experience and, you know, I think a lot of, guys I've talked to in our thing have had the same experience where at some point you just turn off the TV and the radio, you turn off the news, you know, you uh, concentrate on what you can actually do day to day to actually see some results. You concentrate on friends and family, you know, you're a better uh, family member, you're a better friend. Uh, you've concentrated on your career. You concentrate on, you know, making white children, getting married. If you're not getting a girlfriend, if you're, you know, don't have one, all that sort of stuff. And you can actually see a day-to-day -day progress. Like I love one of my favorite things about being involved in the movement is getting to talk to some of our guys and uh, you know just talk about day-to-day -day, like stuff people are going through, and you get to see like a progression of people getting happier and doing better. And it's really awesome uh, to to know that you can actually affect things in your immediate community. You know, if you unplug from the constant rage porn of uh, you know the 24-hour news cycle. And just like look around you, like there are things going on right now that you can do. Uh, mm -hmm. that you don't have to be all black pilled. You don't have to be all despondent and negative. You can choose to think more positively. You can choose to replace those negative thoughts with positive ones. And it's it's something it's something that actually works if you try it. And it it might sound like a silly thing, but it's real. <laughs> so. No, for sure. And and th this is the last like addiction thing. I'm fucking sick. I'm sure people are sick of it. But uh, good, like one of the big one of the big things that uh. And it's, I think it's straight out of like the AA book, if I remember right, but it's, uh, accept the things you cannot change and have the courage to change the things you can. And right. it's, it's, you know, that's true for anything. And uh, rather than, that's why it's great that most of our guys don't tolerate the black pill, like mindset or whatever, uh, for one thing, because it's just gay. Um, and like you said, it's easier for people to sit around and just do jack shit. Um, but you know, the, the more people are around a, a community that supports them, the more they'll have the courage to change those things that they have in their power that they can change. And right. if you keep yourself busy enough and are constantly trying to, you know, change what you can about your life or what makes you unhappy, then you're not going to have time to sit around and watch Fox News and hate on these fucking boomer conservatives and be pissed off all the time. Like, there's so many, like, there's a healthy amount of you know, rage and, and hatred that guys like us have. But, you know, for the most part, we turn it into something productive, uh, you know, like community building or, uh, you know, helping guys better themselves in general or just, like I said, just building up a community in general where people can can be happy and feel like they're useful and feel like they're, you know, wanted there and stuff because, you know, most of our guys don't necessarily feel very wanted out in the world, <laughs> as as you can see by a, just a few clicks on the Internet. But, uh, well, I just wanted to say that, you know, I've, I've kind of noticed for myself, uh, you know, I think living in modern society or uh, 
you're exposed to almost an unnatural level of stimulation on a daily basis. And uh, if, you know, a lot of our guys are clearly intelligent. So if you're intelligent and you're noticing things, you're noticing patterns, you're seeing all the things going on around you, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And, uh, you know, so I think that's a big part of people just wanting to shut down because it's just like, this is mm. too much. This is way too much. I just can't handle it. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think it was Ambrose that was talking about on Les one time about how one of the convicting things for him politically was seeing what's going on with the young young women and whatnot in Europe uh, and the abuse that they're experiencing. And uh, you you have this emotional outburst at some point if you're aware of stuff that just kind of drives your direction from there forth. And, uh, you know, I, I, one of my favorite phrases is that I'm uh, living out of spite at this point. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So if you focus, I mean, that, you know, that, that anger, that hatred, that, that uh, vitriol over what you know is going on and that sense of justice is something that if you channel it, it's a very powerful <laughs> medium. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a little bit of, uh, you know, knowing yourself a little bit better in order to, in order to do that effectively. Yeah, it's so. turning that anger and that, that healthy amount of hatred into something productive, exactly. Right. So should should we talk about uh, Jussie the Bussy Smollett? I mean, yeah, yeah. This is a fun one. It's been a uh, an interesting news week for Jussie Smollett. Um, we haven't heard a whole lot about this on other shows, from my experience, and I I consume a great amount of content of our guys' stuff. But um, yeah, this was quite a fireworks show. The amount of stuff that went on here. Um, <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you want to read some of this. There are some highlights that we could cover. Yeah, it's loading. Give me just a second. So, so the title, Jesse Smollett admits changing description of attackers to white and pale. Snarky Jesse Smollett scolds white prosecutor <laughs> for repeating N-word while reading out text he sent to Nigerian brother. Admits changing description of his attackers from white too pale during cross-examination. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were just some pale niggas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Smollett is back on the stand for the second day to be questioned about his disorderly conduct trial in Chicago. He told the jury on Tuesday he first called his attackers white, then changed the description to pale. Hmm, I wonder why that was. He said he had just assumed they were white. Oh, okay. He had just assumed they were white in his first description and claims he still doesn't know who attacked him. Smollett said on Monday that he and Abimbola Usundario Usundario had made out oh god had made had made out at a bathhouse and masturbated. He mm -hmm. says he did pay him $3,500 but claims it was for nutritional plans yeah. and exercise guidance. Uh, nutritional. Never mind. I'm not gonna. Uh, that's be nasty. Um, I'll go there. I'll go there. <laughs> he was on that high sugar, high protein intake. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Smollett says the <laughs> Smollett says the dry run. Police say they performed days before the attack was just them getting stoned. Mm. He hasn't been able to offer a solid explanation for why the brothers may be lying or who attacked him. Asked on Sunday if it was the brothers in surveillance footage from the night in question, Smollett said, uh, I just don't know. They liars. So they also said I had something to do with it, and that's not true. On Tuesday, he chastised the white prosecutor for using 
the N-word while reading texts he had sent Bola. <laughs> Bola told him not to use the word out of respect for every African-American in the room. He then told judge he didn't want to answer yes or no to the questions the judge ordered. Dude, that's crazy, man. I mean, I'm not surprised in any way. I'm, I mean, what is there even to say about that? <laughs> I mean, he... It, it it's even it gets even better because not only does he scold the prosecutor for reading his own words back, I guess, you know, old mm-hmm. cliche, like the N word out of a white person's mouth is somehow unholy. But when a nigger says it, it's fine. Uh, but but then he also apparently like his excuse for why he did what he did was because he was hooking up with these Africans in this day spa. Just and, jacking off. Yeah. And, and he uh, he didn't want it to get out there in the public that, you know, he was some sort of faggot. Because it would hurt his. Oh, because no one knew he was a faggot. Yeah, because it would hurt his uh, his career. He said so. He tried to play the gay card, like, oh, well, I'm gay, so I don't want people knowing that, and people would consider me a faggot because they're bigoted. So he's playing the victim and why he did it. Of course, I mean, of course, of course. Well, my thing is, is like, he he wanted to say that his attackers were white, and then changed the description to light. Right. Have you seen them Nigerians, dude? Yeah, I'm looking at them. I'm looking at them right now. They're in that that thumbnail. Look at those fucking niggers. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> the tumbo ass niggers. Right, juicy small lays like fucking creamy. You know, like these niggers are way fucking darker than yeah, this. Yeah, Abimbola and Alambinjo are these guys. These niggers. Ola binjo. Ola <laughs> Do they want me to jack you off in the bathhouse? Yes. <laughs> Mutual masturbation. Well, I mean, what did he get? Did we find his charges? I hope he. I think he got hit pretty hard. Did he not? Thirty-nine-year-old is charged under Illinois' disorderly conduct statute, which encompasses a wider range of offenses, from making prank nine-one-one calls to placing harassing calls as a debt collector. He faces six counts of disorderly conduct under a subsection of the law that prohibits false reports to police. Yeah. So. Charges are listed as class four felonies. <laughs> yeah, he uh five counts of disorderly conduct for staging a racist anti gay attack. Mm. This is what uh Fox News is reporting. <laughs> I'd be shocked if he spent one day in jail, said Andrew Weisberg. Of course Fox News is concerned that it was anti homosexual, right? That's the uh that's the real <laughs> they say that? that's that's the hot take there. <laughs> He was being mean to gay people. <laughs> Did you see the picture of the uh, prosecutor, Dan Webb? No. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna post this in the chat real quick. He this this guy looks like the oldest. Like he looks like he's about to keel over. He's, I can imagine him like reading out the like the text in the courtroom. Just like, <laughs> Did Did you say nigger? <laughs> This is the guy that was saying nigger in the corner. I think I think so. That was my favorite thing about the Cal Rittenhouse uh, trial was when the attorney didn't bother to say nigga when he was talking about. Oh, yeah, shoot me say. nigger, shoot yeah. me nigger. <laughs> and, says, uh, he yeah. maintains that he did think the pair were light skinned when they attacked him, and that he couldn't see them both properly. Oh yeah. You know, it's like a big thing in the black community that like light skinned black men are seen as like. Uh, feminine and like fags. Yeah, that's like a that's like a big meme in in the black community. I've seen like I saw I saw this uh, shit post account on Twitter that used to post all these like light skin memes, and it's always like uh, 
<laughs> like these like niggers like <laughs> sleeping with their like ass in the air, like with their like holding their pillow right next to their face and shit. <laughs> yeah, and then the the ultra black uh women don't like it that the guys are all picking the lighter skinned black girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's another meme. It's- Says he said on Monday he would never have involved the police because he doesn't trust them. One, I, hold on, I'll read it in my Jesse voice. One, I am a black man in America. I do not trust police. I am also a well-known figure and I am openly gay. I want to play. <laughs> I want. I want to play a boxer. I want to play a superhero. The moment I got beat, I become a faggot who got his ass whooped. There <laughs> you go. He told the court on Monday when asked why he didn't call the cops. Yeah, that's so funny, dude. I mean, it makes sense. He just didn't want to be considered a faggot who got his ass whooped. So, just the 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 MAGA country thing is like the funniest thing ever. Like, every everyone knew that this was bullshit the moment it happened because no one's gonna go out there and fucking just no one's gonna do that. You know, no one goes out there and just beats random niggers and says this is MAGA country. The only people that do these like racially motivated attacks are black people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jesse Smollett's lawyer, lawyer Tina Glandian, suggested on Thursday that the reason he told police his Nigerian attackers were white was because they might have been wearing white face. I see that <laughs> white face and <laughs> had disguised themselves. Her evidence of the theory is 2016 video of Abel Osendero, right, dressed <laughs> up as the Joker. Dude, that's the worst Joker face <laughs> ever. Holy shit! He's like, oh yes, my friend, I am the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> huge places on his face. Like he just got. Like, his yeah, he just, just totally missed the white paint, like all over his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like he. It looks like he's just trying to make his lips look bigger. <laughs> they already look pretty fucking big. <laughs> oh my god. Good shit. But yeah, I mean, it's the. There's not too much to say about this. It's just fucking funny. I mean, he's gonna. Hopefully he actually, you know, gets what's coming to him. Uh, I mean, to be honest, he should be getting a hate crime charge because, you know, this is lying to police and trying to implicate, you know, an opposite race. Like, you know, of course, he told everyone when this happened, oh, they were white Trump supporters. Like, uh, you know, he didn't stutter on that at the beginning. He should be charged for this should be a hate crime, you know. No, this happened a while ago, so kind of the wind has been taken out of it. But yeah, yeah th- this guy tried to stage a uh, racist Trump supporting. I mean, that was the big thing, right? That, that they were they were saying this is MAGA country nigger, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so he tried to stage this hate crime to advance his career, obviously, and just because he's to target a certain race. Like he, this is a yeah. crime he committed targeting a certain race. Well, he's stupid enough. He was reading the room. You know, he's uh, Jewish yeah. and, and black. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. So he's reading the room and he's thinking, gee, like, how could I make more money? Well, maybe if I was the victim of some sort of, you know, MAGA hate crime, then all of a sudden I'll be getting all the roles. You know, it, it would be kind of funny if they had accidentally like killed him or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> My favorite. My favorite part is he showed up to the cops with the noose still around his neck. Yeah, dude. He, there's, like, there's like the there was like a uh, some pictures of this like some security cameras of him just walking down the street with the noose around his neck and his subway bag. Oh my god! Like, yeah, he stopped to get a sandwich, didn't he? Yeah, no, I think he had one beforehand, but he still managed to pick up his subway. You yeah. know, 
Nigga gotta has his subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta eat. You know, he just got racially attacked. You gotta eat, though. And he's like, damn, all, <laughs> all this hate crime shit made me hungry, nigga. <laughs> hungry for some dick. <laughs> I mean, assuming this actually happened to anybody, that they had, like, bleach thrown in their face and, like, a noose put around their neck, don't you think you would take the noose? off no. the neck and maybe uh. carry it and not just show up to be like, see, look, deuce. <laughs> you know, he just walks in all dazed and confused with like some sandwich still on his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eating. He walks in eating his sandwich with a noose around his neck. Yes. Some like, some like, I bet, I bet she got like a buffalo chicken sandwich. He's got like buffalo sauce all over his fucking mouth. <laughs> you got to do the impression. I got to talk to an officer. And <laughs> I, I need to talk to one officer. <laughs> so like licking his lips, smacking and shit. Gross. <laughs> you want to go to the the pastor and drag? I haven't. Yeah, read this yet. is this is you enraging. Can, you this can is, read this uh, one. Yeah, so this is uh, from the Stanford Advocate headline: A pastor dressed in drag for an HBO show. The blowback led to him being relieved of duties. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, they just. This just stuck out to me. They, they've been hammering this shit so hard. They want drag queens everywhere, and people just don't like it. Um, but the article says, <clears throat> In a coiffed pink wig, uh, vanished acrylic nails, platform boots, and a sparkling fringe dress, Pastor Craig Duke stuttered before an audience in southern Indiana as he lip-synced to Keisha's We Are Who We Are. Quote, I just wanted to say this, he said, following his drag performance in the HBO series, we're, quote, we're here. If you're a person here tonight and you're wondering if there's a hope and a future and a God who loves you, oh, yes, there is. Don't wait until you have permission to do what you were made to do. Go out and love everybody. Yeah, Duke's yeah. message to the spectators was not met with equal acceptance from some members of the Newburgh United Methodist Church, where he served as lead pastor. In an email to the congregation, church leaders said, Duke was relieved from pastoral duties effective December 1st, according to Religious News uh, Service, which first reported the story. Mitch Geiselman, superintendent of the Indiana United Methodist Conference, said in an email Duke was not fired and did not resign. He will receive a significantly reduced salary. Hmm, Geiselman, huh? Yeah. Wonder, wonder why he is on a, uh, what does it say he was on a? United Methodist Con Superintendent of the United Methodist Conference. Very suspicious. Yeah, at which time he and his wife, Linda, will have to move out of their home, which is provided by the church. So th the drag queen pastor is married. What? Uh, yeah. So, while, quote, while, is, while there is a diversity of opinion regarding the moral implications of Reverend Duke's actions, he has not been found to have committed any chargeable offense or other violation of the United Methodist Book of, of Discipline. Gilsman said, according to the Evansville Courier and Press, Duke did not immediately respond to the Washington Post request for comment, yada, yada. Right. So anyways, Fucking th weird, man. this is just more of the, uh, you know, the constant push to have religious institutions, <laughs> the church, no matter what denomination or part to accept not just homosexuality, but now you're going to have a literal drag queen as your pastor. And if you have a problem with that, then you're a bigot. Right. That's fucking disgusting. I wonder how many like poor old people in the crowd had like a heart attack. Well, no, I guess he went on. So he went on a TV show. He did not do this in front of his congregation. No, he uh, he did this on an HBO show. Okay. And, and so his congregation got upset about it. Obviously. Yeah, shit. I would, too. I'd say throw that faggot out. Holy shit. But then like, he comes out and does the whole, you know, I mean, this is like 
classic gay shit where it's to get a headline to drive such a wedge that pisses people off so much, like the yeah. whole like gay cake thing, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. You go you go out looking to cause offense, just like uh, Seth Rogen and Sarah Silverman's you know elf fucking bullshit uh, series. You go out and you just poke people in the face and try and piss them off and then scream. It's like that you you know screams out as he strikes you sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're attacking you while screaming that you're complaining about it. You know, no, I would not. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, and may, tell me if this is a stretch, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know, this was you know some kind of orchestrated stunt. You know, like you said to to sow just a little bit more division in there, because I mean, there's there's all those, you know, those churches like we saw, you know, the churches that came out to counter protest Charlottesville. Uh, you know, and you want to do it in big quotation marks, these like, uh, these churches, um, where they allow like, you know, homosexuals, uh, transgender people. Like I was watching this, um, this, uh, YouTube video and it was, it had these, uh, clips from some documentary about these transgender kids and the transgender kids were like, one of them was like taken to this church like the people's church and it was like a woman pastor of course with like some rainbow fucking uh thing around her neck and uh they were just introducing all of these like transgender people of the congregation and they pull up this like eight-year-old kid and it's a boy and the mom's sitting up there it's of course it's the mom a single mom is up there uh you know having the little boy waved to the crowd and, and she's trying to coax him into saying into the church microphone, like, hi, my name is whatever it is. I, I'm a girl. And she, she was like having trouble getting the little boy to say, I'm a girl. And like, lo and behold, in the fucking documentary, it goes like months later. And the mom is sitting there like, I have no idea what I was thinking. He, he finally came back and said he was a boy. Like, yeah, no shit. And you just fucked him up for life. Like, by trying to push on him that he was like a girl when he was a kid. Like these little, like it's, it's so frustrating. Like these, these little boys will, you know, like uh, maybe for like 10 minutes, pick up their sister's Barbie or something. And the mom will rush in real quick and be like, Oh, or or, or, do you think you might be a girl? Do you think you might be, be a girl? You know, like, and this lady was just coaxing him and pushing him to, to be, this little girl when he's just a little boy like he's just a a boy and it, it was sick man like the like i'm at least glad that the lady realized she had fucked up at one point like down the line but at that point you know at some point in a kid's life you want to know is the damage like already done there you know like you might say he's a boy now but who knows what he's going to be like when he's a fucking you know teenager or something he might fucking kill himself yeah but, yeah, those drag queen things are fucking disgusting. I, I had a um, friend who used to watch the, uh, what's it called? That drag race thing. Uh, and it, just, it was always just like the grossest thing ever. It was in college. They turn on RuPaul's drag race and the common room. And, and it, like, these people just look like freaks. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, these weird men who who dress up as hypersexualized uh, versions of women but they also look like you know they, it's like they want to look as freaky as fucking possible too and they they definitely succeed in looking fucking freaky 
Well, you brought up that there's some sort of a concerted effort. I mean, it's not hard to see that transgenderism and homosexuality is being promoted from the well, ground yeah, up. Yeah. I meant with this you know? specific thing with this pastor. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, of course, like in general, you know, they're but, I mean, trying to bug break everybody. Now it is. <laughs> you, you, you talk to guys that are in law and they say the only people joining are like Antifa types. You know, you talk to people in seminary, the only people joining in kind of like this void of anti-religion, uh, modern society, like, you know, are people that want to promote LGBT, you know, values in the church. Like they're activists, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, it, there's a reason why it's happening. It's because the people that are fighting for those roles in the community are people that have an agenda. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> unfortunately a lot of people like, you know, the congregation is cucked enough to go along with it. If the, you know, the church leaders are telling them that's what the appropriate tolerant opinion is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I know Mike has talked about how politics, uh, lead the church. Like if, you know, we took power tomorrow, the church would be like, Oh yeah, I've always loved national socialism, you know, but, uh, in the meantime, they're dealing with this globo homo sense of morality that, I mean, from the Pope on down, you know, you have it everywhere. It's very hard to find a church where you don't have all this sort of stuff inserted. Uh, it's very hard to find a school where you don't have all this stuff inserted. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, I, w- I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try to, you know, I'm not really the religious type, but I couldn't even imagine trying to, uh, you know, find find a church community nowadays. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. And like, you know, even if they're not a, even if they're not, you know, the liberal type of, of congregations, uh, they're going to be the the boomercon. Israel is our greatest ally. Like my church when I was a kid, I remember very vividly. Like I grew up uh, in a pretty religious family at the beginning of my life. It kind of simmered down later on down the line, but. Uh, our church would always, every single service, have a offering plate for the church and then one for it to send to, like, whatever their little thing was in Israel. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I went to a church nearby recently, and it's like a 99% population white, and then they have a black pastor. And, you know, I think uh, I heard someone talking about recently <laughs> that, you know, the the member the leader of the church is supposed to be representative of the community. And like you said, you get the boomer stuff where they're signaling so hard that they're not racist, that they let the figurehead for their church be like some immigrant from Africa, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. it's very it's sad, but it's no wonder people are like checking out of that because that's what you get. You know, like when you do that to people, like that's not. Have, have you ever been to a black church? Oh yeah, <laughs> Dude, it's it's like a comedy. Like it's so, like I like I've been one time, and it was like while it was terrifying, it was hilarious because like you have these like obese black women like you know kick off their heels and sprint around the aisles just like screaming and then like convulsing on the floor, just going, "Oh, thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus!" <laughs> I bet they loved having you there, though. They were so happy that you came. Oh, it was a long time ago, dude. Like, <laughs> like when I was very young. But uh, it, it freaked me out. I, I, it was very like loud, uh, and it was just like a bunch of people screaming. It wasn't even the music that was loud. It was just everyone screaming. And you know, they do that thing where they like constant, like every single sentence the pastor says, they'll interrupt him with like a, "Oh yeah, tell him." Hey man, like every <laughs> after every fucking sentence that pastor says, they'll be like, the pastor will be like, and Jesus said, and then someone will go, yes sir, you tell them, and they'll go that everybody, oh yes sir, 
was created equal. Yeah, nigga! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, I've heard people talk about how, like, Christianity kind of imprints on itself whatever the culture is of the people that it's introduced to, right? So mm-hmm. you have a church in England or uh, France or something. It's a little bit different than some African church or some, you know, Filipinos. Uh, there's southern, a ton of, a ton of mission church. work in the Philippines. Right. They they have a completely different understanding. It's not like they're quite grasping exactly the way that Europeans did, you know. Uh, so <laughs> it's been mm-hmm. different. I've been to a lot of black churches. Have you? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I used to date black girls exclusively. So right. mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of black churches. And, uh, dude, I love it, man. I love that whole... You know, interrupting the pastor thing. Oh, Lord, help us. Amen, Jesus. (laughs) It really adds to the whole experience when, uh, you know, there's a bit of banter from the audience. Yeah, it's awesome. Bill, you did not used to date black girls exclusively. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, for years I did that, yeah. No, you didn't. This will not be... I will not post this episode. (laughs) Why do you Take, think it I'm so... Take it back. <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. Bill just ruined the whole hour. That's it. It's, it's we got to start over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Do we dare talk about what we were talking about earlier regarding... Uh, what was the woman we were talking about? That, that, that beautiful Latina? Right. <laughs> no, we're not talking about that. Right, Gary? No, we're not talking about that. All right, we'll just leave that one. <laughs> Cutting room floor. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, again, thanks to Gordon for uh, giving us a, a place to post our show other than Spotify. Uh, we love you guys, and I hope you have a good night. Good night, guys. Mariah Carey, though, for real. I mean, think about it. Oh my god. <laughs> so you guys ever get like a an imprint in your skin from like laying on something for a long time? You know what I'm saying? Like if like some sheets are real wrinkled up or something and you wake up in the morning and like you just got like fucking wrinkle marks all all over you. Uh well, that shit don't ever really happen to me that often. I'm a pretty active sleeper. And by that, I mean that, like, you know, I toss and turn a lot. Fucking kick the covers off of me. A couple hours later, be freezing cold, roll over and cuddle back up with the covers and, you know, all that shit. And I'm a real princess in the pea type motherfucker, too. To where, like, any imperfection, it fucking just aggravates me. I can't fucking sleep. It don't matter if it's, like, some wrinkles in the sheet. Uh, somebody's been eating and there's crumbs all in my bed for whatever stupid reason. You know, there's been several times where I couldn't get to sleep, stayed up to like three in the morning because my beard wouldn't lay right on the fucking pillow and was aggravating the shit out of me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm real fucking peculiar about like how my bedding is laid out and everything like that. Um, so... But I've been out hunting, right? So I've been out the past few days trying to catch me some of the whitetails. People always say, hey, you catch any deer? I'm like, nah, I ain't catching none today, man. 
anyway, uh, like I'm gonna jump out of a fucking tree or something, grab them by their horns and fucking ride them into town. I look what I caught, you know. But anyway, uh, and you know, since I could drive up in there and shit, you know, I can make me a nice cozy little camp. Fucking set my tent up, got an air mattress and shit, you know, all that kind of shit. Uh, and you know, sleep pretty good. Like instead of being laying on the ground in a fucking sleeping bag and shit, you know, usually almost sleep just like you at the house. But you never quite sleep as good as you do when you're in your own actual bed. You know what I'm talking about? So like, doesn't matter. Like if I go to bed, have a nice meal, whatever, climb in my tent, get on the air mattress, go to bed like nine o'clock, ten o'clock, like I normally would at the house. And then get up around four or five o'clock so I can make it out to the fucking tree stand before uh, sun up. But it's just not quite as restorative, not quite as restful, right? As sleeping in your own bed. So, you know, after being out there for three days, I was like, well, fuck it, man. Uh, I'm fucking going over to the house. I only live 20 minutes away. I'm going to go home and go eat some real food instead of fucking Viener Wieners and shit like that. Have some real coffee instead of <laughs> cooking shit in a percolator and getting coffee grinds all in my shit. And taking actual shit in an actual toilet with toilet paper, you know, instead of using fucking poison ivy leaves. I can use them. I'm not allergic to it. Uh, you know, go holler at the kids and everything. You know, maybe see if I can get the wife and do a little, uh -uh, you know what I'm saying? And so I go home, do all that, take me a nice hot shower, nice fucking big cascading dump, right? Uh, made up a great fucking dinner with the old lady and we cooked. It was, you know, romantic. The kids were bouncing all over the place, happy as hell to see me, all that shit. It was fucking picturesque, right? Uh, my wife never did give me no nookie, though. That's part of the reason why I'm driving now. I'm heading back out to the fucking woods. But uh, <laughs> when I hit the bed, it was out. Lights out, dog. It was game over, man. I was done for. As soon as my head hit that fucking pillow, I was fucking dead to the world. Well, however I fucking laid down was how I woke up in the morning. When fucking I wrapped the blanket over me, it stayed there that same way the whole night. Because I was just that tired. And so I woke up and I got one of them little imprint things like I was talking about on my shoulder. But it's in like the shape of an X. It's kind of cool looking. I wish I took a picture of it for you guys. Well, there's still one line. I don't know what that's about. I think like maybe... The actual fold made my skin so sensitive the fold in the sheet actually scratched my scratch me. I don't know. But it's kinda cool looking. It looks like the Confederate flag almost. So like, you know, I think that like they say, you know, you get a lot of inspiration from stuff that happens in your dreams or while you're sleeping, right? And so I think that's gonna be my next tattoo. Like this is badass. It's fucking big too. It's like a big X. It's pretty cool. Uh 